This is the Wizard's Nightshirt Podcast, episode 87. Welcome to the Wizard's Nightshirt. This is episode number 87. I'm Rebecca, and here with me are... He cast the spell of obtainment to get a meatball sub. It's Weaver Will. I still have my sub club card. You have to accept it. (laughs) And he's studying pretend history at the Academy of Historic (laughs) Enterprises. It's Scholar Scott. Did you know... <laughs> Good way to start history. <laughs> the best, all the best history starts with did you know? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. We zoned out. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I was did, like, no, we you, did not know. Yeah. I, well, that's that's how I was starting it. That's okay. that's that's as far as I got. Yeah, and then they just go into the flash flashback of whatever. I've only been there for like two weeks. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> and then it's like King Miro standing in front of his boring paintings. It's this. It's the same deal as that. <laughs> At the Wizard's Nightshirt, we're revisiting He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and She-Ra, Princess of Power. And although we typically cover the 1980s Filmation series, today we're going to review Season 2 of She-Ra and the Princesses of Power from DreamWorks, which premiered just a couple of weeks ago on Netflix. And as you probably already know by listening to this series, this is a reboot of uh, the Filmation series, but this one's focused more on story and less on selling toys. <laughs> that, oh, do they even have any toys? I think, yeah, they're, they're starting to have a few. I was about to say. Oh, and I didn't look. That said. That's it. I want even, the toys. Yeah, it's not even a crass <laughs> thing anymore. It was like, it's like, I guess that was okay that they were manipulating us because I was kind of on board with it. What, you mean back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. The, like, the that's sh- fine. Make it, make, sell us toys. Yeah. Get, Wall of He-Man. That's what I want. I want to go to the store. Now and that I've got disposable income, it's especially fine. <laughs> well, I, I feel the girl toys were a little less cool. So, yeah. unfortunately, I wanted all the ponies. It's all right. yeah, there's you, probably there's probably no hairbrushes with with this series. I wanted all the Care Bears. The Care Bears were legit. Care Bears were unisex, probably though. They really right? were. Mm-hmm. Scott, do you have a Care Bear that you identify with? The most. I identify with? Yeah, like who is your Care Bear? I'm trying uh, to remember the Care Bears also. Or, the, or a cousin, if there's a Care Bear cousin. Care Bear cousin. I, I forget, well, when I was younger, I was like Lucky. Because he was... Yeah, the green oh, okay. one, right? The green one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked him too, He was actually. pretty normal. I wasn't, I didn't identify, because t- Grumpy was grumpy all the time. I wouldn't want to be grumpy all the time. Yeah. But I wasn't like super happy. Uh, what's that one called? The rainbow? The one with the rainbow Cheer on Bear? It. Was Cheer that Cheer Bear? Bear? Sure. Right. I don't know. I just wanted to be in the middle. Like, <laughs> you're like, where's and I regular to be bear? Lucky too. I mean, you're, you like know. A, you're like a soldier bear. Like yeah. you're just, you're just where's dependable. Stalwart bear. Stalwart bear. That's a good one. He's the best friend. <laughs> He's so resolute and helpful. Yes. <laughs> he does what needs to be done. Was there any like? Was there any like make like, pies yeah. and love? You know, like Smurfs. There's like a there's like a worker guy and yeah, stuff handy. like that. Oh yeah. right, handy, yeah. yeah. The cameras did, didn't did really have that. that. No. No, the Care Bears were just about feelings. They just, they they didn't just get shot anything. their really? bellies at people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were they, really they missing out. They didn't get anything done. Will? Uh, you know what? I was always really fascinated. 
uh, with Darkheart from the movie. Like, I don't know that I particularly liked or identified with him, but I was just really, really obsessed with him. I was so upset and disturbed by that kid turning evil, and I just couldn't stop thinking about him. <laughs> and it, he looks just like Shadow Weaver. I just, it was just, I, I don't, Dark Heart, I just can't get out of my head. Okay, that's good. Yeah. And since I don't really remember the Care Bears very much, then I guess that's probably my answer. Okay. <laughs> my sister was a tender hot, uh, uh, my sister was a tender heart stan. Me, I didn't really, you know, really don't have a bear. Well, that's good that we did. I, you know what? I'm really glad we talked about this because okay. I feel like I understand more about all of us. Uh, no, but She-Ra. <laughs> She-Ra. It's been a, a day or two since we've sat down and, and talked together. And uh, I know everyone who's been following along with bated breath at home waiting to hear about this before we get into She-Ra. We got to know. Scott. How you been doing on your basement? Scott's been working on his basement. But Scott's not gonna finish his basement unless we remind him about his basement. Get to work, get to work, get to work. Get Scott's been basement? working on his what? basement. Um, I'm doing well. Uh, we got, uh... We got the carpet laid down. We got furniture down there. Uh, it's livable. Um, I still need to do some things. Um, I need to do some electrical with the lights. Um, but it sounds like, though, I mean, you're being, you're being. I mean, it's good enough for it, the kids is... to go down there and play. That's definitely for sure. There's a couch. There's a TV. There's games. There's toys. And it is full, full on, ready to go. So there's no stray nail situation. No, no, no. It's all cleaned up. No wall of asbestos. No, that was. I did was. I just put that behind the other wall. It's all right. <laughs> you just contain it. It's fine. Don't let them breathe it in or lick that wall. And is your secret basement child happy with the, with the basement? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I. I I think, uh, well, both my attic children are uh, <laughs> are very happy with their basement now. So, but this was a big deal because uh, remind us again, how long has he been working on this total? Because it sounds like are are you how close are you to saying that you are done with this? Is this like a lifelong project, or are you pretty much done on the progress bar? Because the, what you had are you going to say you had a huge jump in progress like lately, because this has been like a multi-year project. You're making it sound like it's not a big deal. This is a major yeah, development. It is. It is. Yeah. That's yeah. It's been uh, a while. If I if I want to count the first time that I bought supplies for the basement. <laughs> yeah. Been about five years. Okay. Wow. So you made some major movement. Here's yeah. here's the big question: Do you feel like this formal segment on our show <laughs> was the impetus for you really getting it in gear? It was not. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> See, because I feel like there's maybe a strong a correlation. Maybe, maybe a little bit. Well, like yes. Will's like, all I know is we started talking about your basement, and suddenly your basement's livable. Yeah. Uh, in a way. Uh. I finished your basement. <laughs> yeah. If you really want to think That's about what I heard. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if this were project management software, I think you could mark yeah. basement complete, and then it would be like maybe phase two would yeah. be lighting up. Yeah. Right. I could. Right? I could push yeah. it off as as this is the yeah. This, so I got it to the point where it was good. 
good enough for to move everything down. It's good enough for my family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would still like to hook up the electrical uh-huh. and without running, like I'm running extension cords right now, which isn't, it's not that big of a deal, but it, it's still whatever. So to pioneer children, it's a palace. Yeah, yes, exactly. And uh, yeah, so. Well, that well that's big news. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. So if as you have major developments like electricity down there Mm -hmm. we want to know about it but i feel like we were successful in motive in in, (laughs) yeah in helping you feel motivated and accountable and doing this for your family because they really had some basement needs that you needed to help them with yeah my family as in i got a i got a small area in the corner to to work in so i could have an office and I got to move my workbench over to the other side, so that's so much better. It is, I have so much room <laughs> to actually do stuff now. So that's a bonus. As long as it can happen between your washer and dryer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. This has been Basement Update. I will mention the oh, spoiler. Okay. I was going to mention that next... Okay. All right, before we proceed, I'd just like to give a general spoiler warning. We are going to talk about the plot and details of this season of mm-hmm. She-Ra. So if you've not watched season two yet and you want to, and you should, you really should. It's only seven episodes. It's it's really good. Um, go watch it so we can spoil it or we won't spoil it for you. And even if we do, it's still worth watching. It's still worth watching. Yeah. Yes, our... our uh, are you saying we're not going to do it justice? Is that what you're saying? I'm, I am definitely saying that. Our, our clumsy trying to remember the funny lies. Like, wasn't it funny when that girl said that? No. It be was. prepared. It's it was be, very funny. <laughs> What's so funny when that girl I was said laughing. that? Yeah. Be prepared for about an hour of that. It'll be great. All right. So as we get into this, let's sort of set the scene. Season one ended with the battle for Bright Moon. And um, we have the rebels temporarily, although positively, triumphing over the Horde, at least at this moment. And we see that princesses all working together for the first time, and it's really inspiring. And so when season two picks up, we have to kind of see, all right, well, where does this leave the Horde now? And where does this leave the Rebellion? So the Horde is kind of licking its wounds, but they are also working on a number of other plans um, in order to you know, continue the fight. So, and, and the fight still persists, obviously, too. You can't just have one battle and the whole war is over. Yeah, I was going to say, too, I, I, one of the notable things from season one was they had a lot of good history about how an old princess alliance was broken, and that's how the uh, Horde got such a strong foothold in Etheria. So when we do pick up in season two, uh, like you were saying, um, that fight is still going on between the... Um, re-allied princesses in the Horde, but the princesses are still trying to figure out how to work together and how their powers can work together. And um, they're kind of uh, at a stalemate and the Horde has the uh, rebels wasting all their time defending against Horde attacks and they can't really gain any ground because of teamwork problems and not really finding a way to get ahead. Yes. And... and, and uh other stuff. So what are some projects that the Horde is working on? It's a power source, isn't it? What are you building that needs so much power? 
I know the, the big fun one that we see is uh, the portal project that we learned that Entrapta is going to help Hordak with as the season progresses. And um, they're now experimenting with getting enough power to be able to make portals that you can use on the battlefield, you know, to zoop resources in from space to build stuff or zoop people, you know, well, he, shuttle them around. He even alludes to it, not even, you know, because that, that's what... Um, Entrapta. Entrapta yeah, yeah. insinuates that, that that's what he's going to use it for. And he's like, your, your small brain can't even comprehend what it's going to do. So basically... I think it, it could open up to other worlds or, like you said, even yeah. portals into space yeah, or whatever. Yeah, really hinted at him having, like, a home world and maybe deploying interplanetary forces and stuff like that. Correct. And so he could get forces out, get forces in or get forces out or whatever. Or not even, like, just basically abandon this area because it's, you know, as he calls it, you know, back backwards planet or mm -hmm. whatever. And it's, it's weird that he also mentions in there that he's like, it's the only planet I've ever encountered that you guys don't believe in other worlds, worlds mm -hmm. or other people living on other worlds. Yeah, they, they made a big deal out of like um, the stars being gone or something. Like it was kind of kind of interesting. Oh, they weren't right. aware of, of other planets, which is interesting because they had all that old tech and stuff. Yeah, and I, I don't understand. Yeah, I, I, that's a whole, I guess, maybe a whole other thing. I feel like they'll I, get I don't into understand that. they yeah. don't have the stars. Uh, do are they, are, are they do have stars or they don't have stars? I think they mentioned that they used to or something yeah, when they yeah. were looking at the history. So I think we'll find out more about that, especially at the end when they were getting into that a little more. Yeah. Um, but but the talking about this project, uh, one of the interesting things was um, how much Entrapta does start to help. So that was a big development from the last season. Is that you know she has a loyalty like to the ideal of science and so that's why she's allied with the horde it's not even anything personal it's just they're doing the most for science and she's almost just like on a different frequency in her mind helping them out and so um yeah uh, she, well she doesn't have she doesn't have any qualms about what how how she's getting the stuff or whatever she just wants to do right for the sake for the sake of science and yeah. so she ends mm -hmm. up being like uh favored by hordak this season which uh, really uh, bugs Katra, who's the force captain, but is sort of uh, questioning her uh, position now. Yes. <clears throat> and then um, since we've already mentioned our, our question about the stars, it's also worth mentioning that a big part of this season is to continue to round out the lore of Etheria and then also just kind of expand the world a little bit so you understand more about what people believe on the planet and what uh -huh. what some people know and other people don't what are stories that are told you know um what are the legends and then you know what are the mysteries that are still remaining and um the mystery of the first ones gets filled out a little bit more in the season um and then of course we are starting to see a, a glimpse into maybe there being other planets um, but then the, that most people in Etheria have no idea. Mm -hmm. The world of the first ones was different from ours. Climate, language, even the sky was different. Filled with cosmic formations they called... Stars. The first ones used them to navigate and named constellations. And uh, so during these battles, uh, Bo starts figuring out that to move the needle for them a little bit, he wants to do a little more research on their tech. And from uh, scavenging and cannibalizing robots and such, he uh, sort of tries to be the new maker for the uh, rebellion now that Entrapta's gone. And he makes like a little uh, uh, 
tracking device. It's sort of like a little uh, fantasy iPad type thing. And a big thread in this uh, season is that he figures out that he's starting to pick up this uh, signal from the first ones. And um, they end up, uh, you know, following this signal to all the first one structures uh, around the world. Yeah, and that's going to be our major sort of mystery thread that they're following through this season. And then I'd say the last major thread that that, that we're getting this season is um, just this development of Shadow Weaver's character. Mm-hmm. Because this season begins with her in a jail cell in uh, the Fright Zone, having been disgraced by her defeat um, in last season. You look terrible. Catra. It's been so long. I assumed Hordak finally realized what a lazy, worthless creature you are and banished you. Just the opposite. Hordak values me. And it ends with her... I hate to just jump to the very end, but it ends with her standing over Adora's bedside, having escaped. And we get a lot of good backstory on her Mm -hmm. and a lot of really interesting character development with her. And I think those are all of the main pieces that they move forward a little bit in each episode. You know, I know we'll talk a little bit later in the show about uh, the the future of the series, but to nod to that a little bit, I I think the only other major piece was that um, at the end uh, of the series, um, the princesses decipher some old first ones writing to uh, get some signal about a constellation that's going to rise pretty soon in the uh, in the wasteland, and it's got this code word. It's called something like a Serenia. Serenia, yeah. Um, Serenia Portal Mara. Maybe Mara's last name is Serenia. And so we can talk about what that means, but that's that's sort of where we're uh, left at the end of this season. Yeah, and so this was a, a shorter um, se- season than, of course, the the first one was. Um, Still had plenty of development, still very punchy. And, you know, in, in case you're paying attention, because we always really cared about who wrote the, uh-huh. uh, the, the He-Mans and the She-Ras when we were uh, watching all of those. And, you know, we, there were certain writers that we really learned to look forward to, their scripts. Um, the people contributing to the, just the main script writers for this season were two of them were on several episodes last season, and that's Catherine Nolfi and Josie Campbell, both mm-hmm. doing great scripts. And then I think we had a, a new writer, or maybe she showed up in season one, but I don't remember, but Laura Sreenby. Mm-hmm. So those are the three writers who contributed mostly to this. And of course, you know, your storyboarding and animation are completely different people, but in case you're keeping track of that at home, that's who we've got doing these stories and moving the board along. And I mean, just by way of saying, just to kind of get us warmed up, I'll have to say, like, I know we all really enjoyed the first season, and I super enjoyed the second season as well. And I really do like the care that I feel that they put into it, because I can just really imagine there being a lot of planning sessions where they have to sit down and say, okay, let's talk about the first ones. What do we know? What are we going to reveal? What hasn't been revealed yet? Let's talk about, you know, the world and what we know and what the characters know. I feel like there was a lot of really careful planning. Do you, do you, do you feel like they also um, they take from the original series somewhat, or the original world as you, you know the Shira world? Do you, do, you, do you think in their in their planning sessions, do you think they, they they think about you know going back in the lore from that series and bringing it back in? Because I think eventually they're going to have to talk about 
Grayskull. Cause... Yeah, that's true. I, I really do think that they're trying to be really careful with the lore because you know that they are, I feel that they are really trying to stay true to the spirit of what, mm-hmm. you know, we know. But at the same time, to make it fresh and make sure that we're still telling the story of She-Ra yeah. apart from He-Man, even though I think we'd all be psyched to see Adam show up. I think so. Next, you know, yeah. some in some future season. And it, and I, you know. I think they will be careful to make sure it's uh, still her story. But yeah, I, I would agree with that. And they've done a good job of, of making sure, sure that's the case. And I, I, I'm, what I'm really happy about with this series is that it's not about like a like a romance or whatever. It's it's about it's more about like a friendship between all of them, or you know, yeah. like they're all like part of one or whatever. And it's like it, I don't know. I, I I felt like they've done a really good job with that. You've got this, Adora. I cast friendship and support on my next turn. Here, this is my trident of power. I want you to have it, especially since Bo is making me a new one. I didn't agree to that. You will. And even going back to the Horde and even going back, you know, there's like reflections of, you know, things in both, especially with um, Scorpia, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that you know, that's a good point because we were talking about how the uh, episode order for this season was um, a lot uh, considerably smaller like the other DreamWorks shows. You know, it's only seven episodes this time. So even with the um, shorter uh, season length, you know, they had to they had to really juggle writing for an ensemble and still um, having character development for Uh them. And so there was a pretty tall order for them. Like they had all this lore to move the story forward. We needed to have the character moments. You needed to uh, have the ensemble stuff. You needed to have action. You needed to have it uh, be a place people could jump in here if they hadn't seen the first one. So it was a pretty big ask. Um, which is why it was probably good that their writing staff is small enough that they can stay <laughs> consistent. Right, yeah. That, I don't get the feeling that they're going to be having people submitting spec scripts. You and know I, what I mean? And like, and it's I think gonna it's going to be just... Better for it. Great! Onward! Best research squad! But yeah, what you were saying about um, the relationships... This is actually a really good segue for the next sort of major theme that I wanted to talk about, which is the characters overall. Um, It is really, really nice that uh, you can have a show that's aimed for younger people that really does explore friendship, but like for real, you know, Mm -hmm. it it doesn't, you know, like it it was a little bit... um, I mean, to call it infantilizing is kind of silly because it was for children. And in the 80s, we were just, you know, no one had any sort of level of sophistication necessarily for a, emotional sophistication for a cartoon that really wasn't done back then. What? But um, it was kind of, you know, infantilizing in a way that you had to talk about like, oh, well, He-Man's twin sister is She-Ra. And then, you know, you have a father-daughter pairing with, you know, Man-at-Arms and Tila, but then it's like, beyond that, it's either boyfriend, girlfriend, weird little things, or I mean, some kind of... There's Cringer and Orko, but I yeah, mean, like that, little, those aren't really like... Yeah, yeah like and it, yeah. well-rounded. Yeah, yeah, they always pay, poke fun at those, you know, and it wasn't like... It wasn't like how it is in this show. Yeah, yeah, I really do appreciate that they that they work very hard to show the different levels of relationships between and uh-huh. among the different characters. Cause I feel like just having watched these episodes, I could probably have a pretty good idea about how one character feels about any other character. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's a really good marker of how 
well they're written. Because, I mean, maybe you don't get a lot of scenes together with, say, Glimmer and Seahawk, but I think we could all maybe think of her take on him pretty easily. Yeah, that's true. I I feel that they've really done a good job with that. It was was the first episode with with Frosta and how much trouble uh, Glimmer was having with her. Like, I think most kids can relate to that, is that you have that overwhelming friend. I was eight when I took over the throne. It's kind of hard to make friends when everyone is your sworn subject. I know how you feel. I didn't have any friends before Bo and Adora. You? Figured everyone would want to be your friend. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not everyone. And I'm still learning how to be a good friend, too. I don't know if that'd be too hard for younger kids, but like... Those seem like relationships that, that kids they could would understand. recognize. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. And I, also just a healthy idea about conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I hate to always be that person, but, you know, not every child watching a cartoon or even young person, teenager or whoever, I think this ha- this show has a really broad appeal, I believe. But not everyone watching has been taught by their families about how to you know, talk about problems or talk about their feelings. And I think it's very helpful for them to have, say, like the scene that you just described where Glimmer and Frosta have to have a discussion about, like, what appropriate boundaries are for friendship and what, you know, you can ask of your friends and and how to handle it when you're upset. Yeah, then each of them being vulnerable enough to uh, admit, admit why they react to each other the way they do, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, so uh, let's talk a little bit more about some of the relationships that we see developed in this season, um, or or even just you know personal character growth. So one thing that they are very careful to show is that Adora is gaining more control over her powers, although it's a slow process still, and she can reliably become Shira. But then they do have some funny moments where like she messes it up a little bit. They had a really good gag where she was trying to transform her sword and she kept turning it into a tankard by accident, mm-hmm. like a little mug. And then she would just fight with the mug. It was pretty cute. Um, but we do see her continuing to grow in her power, which is nice to see. Woo! Getting pretty good, huh? Yeah. I've... Becoming more sure of herself. Yeah, I, I liked I liked that the reason... Uh, she had trouble working with the team was not because she was a brat, but because she felt the huge weight of the She-Ra mantle and felt like uh, if she didn't perform to her full potential, then the disaster that um, the old She-Ra uh, wrought on the world was going to happen again. So she felt like it was her responsibility to get it together and was not thinking about letting her friends help or working with them on anything. Yeah, she she wanted to carry the burden. She didn't she didn't want them to have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And so they sort hard. of so her storyline also um involved Swiftwind more. So we got to see him fold more into the story and and see how they develop their connection and how I love important that dude. how important <laughs> it was for the She-Ra and Swiftwind to work together. He was pretty fun, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did get a we did get a nice scene where uh, Swiftwind is encouraging her to ride on him and do loop de loops. Yeah, because... I'm just gonna go do some loop de loops. You just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was really that was really cute. I do have, of course, so much fondness for the original Swiftwind. Like I, I really do. He was great, but I, I like this one too. Um, especially as like they've made him, you know, more part of the team, and he gets to say what he thinks and and 
pitch in and, and have his own opinion and, and so forth. So. I, I I need a chair at this war table. That I, I <laughs> yeah, that one's yeah. funny. Yeah. And she's like, all right, we'll get you a chair. <laughs> is a part of you. Your destinies are intertwined. They sure are. Hi, Dora. <laughs> I've been here for a while, but there wasn't a good moment to make my grand entrance until now. Scott, you mentioned Scorpia earlier. Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed her this season, how they made her, first of all, like a, a much bigger part, because now she's the main sounding board for Catra in the Horde, mm -hmm. with Adora being gone. And um, they, of course, are fleshing her character out as well. And she's really fun. I, I really, really like her. Um, and she is... Uh, her overarching theme in this season is the sense of loyalty mm -hmm. that she is constantly trying to demonstrate to Katra where she tells her, you know, other people have left you and I won't. And um, I think that's very touching. But then she's also really great for comic relief because she's just got all kinds of, um, you know, great quips and asides. And I also love the running gag that she's constantly overwhelmed with like the bureaucracy of being in the horde. And she's always like losing files and like not knowing how <laughs> to. With her claws, like she's trying, yeah, she's trying to hold the files and it's like falling all over the place. Okay, just got to find that file. <sighs> they're just, they're so slidey and slippery. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed her a lot especially when the uh, whiteout with uh -huh. uh, when they go in the frozen area and her and then uh seahawks seahawks yeah. there and then they kind of like have camaraderie because they're both like they feel unappreciated yeah, by unappreciated, the people they, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, like we are yeah. great what are you talking about like <laughs> i'm good at groups i have excellent stories of daring too why don't they want me around I hear ya. Catra's been so busy since she got promoted, but she still always expects me to make time for her. Does she even understand how much I do for her? It's a great, it's a great conflict because she's able to provide for Catra what Catra is most sensitive about and wanting, and Catra is pretty unappreciative thus far, and mm -hmm. so she has to, uh, she has to deal with that. And Scorpia is just so charming because she's undaunted by, you know. Catra not giving her anything to work with, and she just like stays positive, even though it's just so sad. Uh, best scene ever. Best scene. This I uh, is just super funny. Whatever when she takes her and wraps her in a blanket, <laughs> and then like tries to get her like swallowing like a baby. Well, well, with cat, you do that with cats. Uh -huh. Like to you wrap them in a blanket because oh, like the they vet. can't get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you need to cut their nails or do Oh, that was like that. funny and it worked because then Catra yeah. opened up to her. It's yeah. like, it's okay. Yeah. That was cute. This, that was cute. And I have to say too, as someone who maybe like Catra is a bit reluctant to be vulnerable to other people, I really appreciated how they show how she's a very sensitive person but would not necessarily be warm to someone always offering their friendship so aggressively. Uh -huh. Yet at the same time, you get the sense that over time, we're going to see her maybe warm up to, to Scorpia and you will actually maybe see a real friendship develop. And it'll really feel earned, I think, when that happens. That's if that true. happens. true. I wonder if they'll even talk about um, how... How Catcher doesn't respond to that well because she is like a real cat. She is like a you, cat. You can't just go up to a cat and grab it up. No, you have you to cannot. let them engage with you on their own terms. Yeah, like you, like um, our cat who 
who who died recently, but was like the best cat for years and years and years. Her big thing was that you couldn't go up and pet her. Like she had to come pet herself on you. (laughs) Like, you know, you stick your hand out. She's like, okay, good. I will pet myself with your hand. Here I go. And I just think that's very funny because that that was just incredibly cat-like. Of course, there are so many cats that are like super lovey, but most of them are more standoffish. And it's just, it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just Mm -hmm. that you have to... Come you to have them to earn it. Yeah. You don't have to, yeah. yeah. And the like, final thing I was going to say about Scorpia too is, uh, I'm going to say final, I guess you can keep talking about it. <laughs> uh, the, the, the thing I was going to say about Scorpia Dead. too was, um, you know, we keep forgetting too, she mentioned in the first season that uh, she was also a princess and uh, that, that was where they got that oh, black right. ruby artifact. And so she it's has... a black garnet, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So she has uh, a background that could really be explored later if they wanted to. Which I do look forward to. And I, I really did like all... Of, I, I, I like her a lot. Which is interesting that she doesn't have any powers. It's, it's just, she's really strong. She is very strong, though. I did yeah. feel that they did a pretty good job of illustrating that. Because when they had she her was formidable. fighting... Uh-huh. Um, yeah. She, you know, she was like, she could wallop. <laughs> yeah. And then she, she was always have, like, magical powers, throwing right? people off of bridges and stuff. I was like, <laughs> one of these days, they are not going to be able to save themselves. Yes, yeah, that, that, yeah, that was one thing I was like, they are, they, she's just straight up trying to murder them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's, just, I mean, she's sweet about it, but she is. Yeah. She's, like, like if it was, if this is the eighties, they would, she would just get thrown in like a pile of rocks or something yeah, like that. She yeah. would not be getting tossed off You would die if you were not ready. Yeah. You can't I feel like. her lightly. Yeah, I feel like Glimmer's power was made for this just because of the bridge they, they, they could do. Well, I mean, they could do that stuff. They could like toss them off things, uh-huh. and then she could save them. Yeah, but it also <laughs> could be a problem in the future too, where she runs out of power or whatever. Right. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, my favorite thing about my favorite thing that Scorpia did the whole season was I can't even tell you what episode it was in, but um, there was a bit where Catra was moping outside, like on a like a little balcony in the fright zone, and so it's all metal, and there's this railing that Scorpia breaks by accident, and um, as they're leaving, she like ducks back into the frame to try to like gingerly put it back in place, and like tiptoe off like she hadn't broken it it was really funny it was yeah it just, just ends up like laying it there yeah because it wouldn't go back together it was a great bit of animation and it looked it was just there was so much character in that moment and it was really really fo- funny but yeah i love scorpia she's she's fantastic and i was like she's one of my favorites they're all one of my favorites i like them all <laughs> i like them all so much oops that's not good oh shoot okay let me just fix that uh, Catra, can I get a hand? Catra? Well, talk about, uh, so we were sort of leaning into uh, Catra a little bit. Maybe we should talk a little bit about what Catra's storyline looked like. So Conflicted. She, conflicted. <laughs> and, and Catra is probably the one going through the most interpersonal or, you know, emotional conflict, I think, in this season. Because we see her struggling with Hordak and losing his favor as he favors Entrapta now, then Entrapta is doing real crazy science with real crazy results. And um, she's also struggling with her relationship with Shadow Weaver, who is imprisoned, and Catra has to have a lot of interactions with her. Um, and there's a lot of development along those lines. And we don't even really touch her relationship with Adora very much in this season, like they did the, the first season. But I still feel that Catra is the person who is going through the most difficult and painful growth. Um, 
She has the hardest time. I'm sorry, Lord Hordak. Entrapta is still new here. I, I promise she will never bother you again. You are the one bothering me, Force Captain, with your unwelcome intrusion. I am working with Entrapta's assistance. Did you hear that, Emily? I've never had a lab partner before. She always gets unappreciated by whatever family unit she's in, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, being uh, looked over because, uh, you know, she's always competing with Adora, or in this case, she's a force captain, but Entrapta, who doesn't even care what anybody thinks, is is now uh, Hordak's favorite. And then her mother figure, Shadow Weaver, had betrayed her in the past, and she's in, in prison. And so as she struggles more and more with these issues, she starts to spend a little more time with Shadow Weaver in the prison and you start to get suspicious about, uh, can you be working with Shadow Weaver or is she going to betray you again? And Sure enough. Yeah. <laughs> sure enough, yeah. Sure well, enough. I, well, I mean, she, and I think Shadow Weaver knew kind of, you know, manipulating her all these years and everything yeah. else that she should have, a catcher should have expected it, I guess. Right. You know, I mean. It's like I, you can't even help yourself in some relationships like that. Like, she just knows what she won't be able to defend. Yeah, and she, she she's always looking for that approval and, uh -huh. and giving her giving her that amulet or whatever was looking for her approval, saying, like, yes, I'm still on your side. I still want you to live. I still want you to be okay. And then her not, and then her basically, like, you know, just leaving and then basically just leaving Catcher out to dry. Yeah. Uh, that that was heartbreaking, and that was a really, really, you know, interesting episode. She's earned his trust. How did you let this happen, don't you see? I want you to go further than I did, but you need to be smarter than me, stronger than me. Then help me. Come up with something so you can stay. I will try. I mean, we don't have to talk about Hordak in depth, but I did want to mention that they spent a little more time with him. Yeah. And it was very satisfying. I feel like they showed the exact right amount of him where he's yeah. still really scary. Yeah. But you also get a little personality. And they had a couple of neat little moments. Like they showed him uh, getting his uh, armor put on, and it was very much like a Darth Vader sort of thing where uh, uh, you see all those cybernetic pieces getting put on. And yeah. it's like he's like struggling and seems uncomfortable a little bit it's like super private it's like it's yeah and he like dro he drops some, he drops like a tube or something or a tube gets cut off or something like that and then he's like in pain and then mm -hmm. she's stand like catchers is standing there because she wanted to come tell him something and she like interrupted him basically getting dressed or whatever yeah why is shadow weaver still in the fright zone um should we talk, talk about shadow weaver a little bit or we we should because it this is really very much a part of the the uh Catra story development mm -hmm. as we've just said her big theme is um this theme of abandonment which is again so super common with people who have difficult relationships with their parents and that's what I was just raving about the series yeah. in the first season they nailed that somebody's been through that somebody's um, been through some stuff and and like it really really shows and it's it is absolutely heartbreaking and we get to see shadow weavers fall from grace as it were this season we get a, a, a nice flashback about her in um episode six light spinner and uh yeah wow Wowza. yeah did she what, what was the council called 
you remember? Was uh, well, 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 let me see if I wrote that down. Uh, yeah, whatever. She was part of a, like a, 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 a magician's council, basically. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> and they, and, they, and they, they were like in like one of the cities in... In uh, Mysticor. Mysticor, okay, yeah. yeah okay. I, I knew that part, yeah. So um, you're talking about this episode where there was like a substantial flashback to when Shadow Weaver was a uh, noble or good, powerful uh, mage uh, named Light Spinner. Yes. And uh, her look was kind of neat because she looked like, um, she almost looked like a, one of the uh, modern Zelda game characters. She sort of had like these uh, elfin ears and uh, slightly green tinged skin or something. It was, it was really neat. Yeah. But, but yeah, that was, there was an amazing story then and you get to see sort of a, a prelude to, to uh, why she has the kind of relationship she does where uh, she tends to, use people for purposes that she thinks are justified. Yeah. They, they show her relationship with a young apprentice named Micah, which I don't, is that Micah of bright moon? I think so. Okay. I think we'll, so. We'll figure that out later, but. Which um, makes sense. Cause he was impetuous. And so he, you know, he'd be the kind of person who'd go out in battle and die, <laughs> you know? <laughs> sure. So, so. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, uh, we see her already like it. And, and again, like with every episode, they really have to accomplish so much in such a short span of time. And I really feel that they're very successful with that. What I really liked about the, um, light spinner fall from grace story is that the slight that got her to turn to dark magic essentially was not like something stupid or personal. You know, like there's so many stories where like, I'm like, I'm thinking like Maleficent, where if a woman, let's just say, if a woman like goes to the dark side, it's because of like some personal grief. She's been spurned. Yes. Like there's some kind of like rejection of love or whatever. Uh And I'm not saying that those stories aren't valid. Sure they are. But I'm just saying like, we've seen that before. I really, really liked how the thing that got her so angry was that the council basically rejected her idea for defeating the Horde right when the Horde was starting Mm -hmm. to attack. And she could have, theoretically, I mean, we don't know if it would have panned out, but she could have theoretically stopped the Horde from ever invading um, had the council agreed with her to use this spell of obtainment to take magical essence from others. If we don't fight, if we don't become stronger, we won't have a planet to protect. And uh, when they rejected her plea for it, she decided to do it on her own. And she tried to, um, she uh, implicated uh, Micah in the act, like she made him participate. Yeah, because she knew he was more powerful than he was, Mm -hmm. or he thought he was. And so she could justify it, because, you know, it was for a, 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 a good reason. And so you sort of see she starts making a habit of this. Well, and she yeah. finds little uh, protégés and, uh, and uh, people to live through to do things that she feels like she's in, limited by. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's very nuanced. Yeah, I mean, you, you, know? can, you can imagine a real relationship with like that where, you know, there's somebody who grows up and feels limited in their life somehow. And so they try to... Um, uh, live through or manipulate other people uh, for their own means. Even if you can kind of understand why they're doing it, they still are manipulative nonetheless. You're going to be the football star I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And even when she's getting dressed down by Norwin, 
what he even says to her, it's an oversimplification. He says that, you know, oh, you just have this hunger for power. And it's like, well, maybe that's part of it. But not power but, in its own right. Exactly. Like power because you guys are uh, impotent or not doing anything. Yeah. And there's just, there's so much, like a, a lot of, uh, <laughs> as they say, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Uh-huh. Like, you know, a lot of maybe the things that she was trying to do, maybe once had good intentions behind them. And went disastrously. Well, and, and, and maybe they knew what the spell was going to produce because it produced demons, right? The, 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 <laughs> it the, the did! Black, the I think they knew that it was dangerous. I think, in theory, her plan could have worked, but it was just overwhelmed her. Like, it just, it was too much. Yeah, like, I think the spell was supposed to maybe tame the demons or put them in thrall somehow. But they messed it up. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, uh, Micah uh, pulled back. Yeah, Micah pulled back because <laughs> so he was way, scared. What a work. Abandonment also then, you know, yeah, but true. You take, 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 taking on, she took it on, him on too young or true. too, too yeah. fast. True. And it, there was, there was, that was never going to work out. Right. And she needed the counsel. Parentification. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, this this show is like a therapy course so unto itself. And that storyline, you know, that will be and should be like one of the main threads of the whole series. I mean, it's just what makes this it's what makes this series really special. Yes. So who who else? Uh, you, you know, as we're as we're rounding out the characters before we move on to the next discussion topic, um, there are maybe one or two other folks maybe we should uh, take a look at. So they do try to give us just more details about, you know, everyone, just to flesh everyone out a little bit more. And in the last episode, we get to finally see a little bit about Bo, mm-hmm. which was, you know, I think the last significant character. Because we never, we always joke about development. what did he do when he wasn't hanging out with them? He was like um, the... Sam, who visits Clarissa, explains it all, or the neighbor, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, where did his, he go? Puts his ladder up on the window. Yeah, and... yeah, and so um, that was nice to see. Also, and, and again, you can't exactly accomplish a lot in one episode, but it is nice I to get they, that backstory. But they did a good job. Yeah, I think they did. They did a really good job with that. He's like supposed to be a historian, right? And he has his two dads. I, I like like the one dad. I like looks exactly like Old Bo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is which is real mustache, funny. Yeah. Which is real funny. And, um, and then the other dad is is like a long haired uh, scholar, and um, they have like very different energies. And you could see both of those energies in Bo. It was yeah. very funny. One serious, one's not. You know, yeah. one's more laid back. Yeah, which is which is and, good. And yeah. so to your point, they wanted him uh, to gr- to grow up and uh, take over their family library, and they think that he's a. Uh, uh, historian has been going to a school and that he's just uh, like on leave for a week and um, he's been keeping this secret from them. Yeah, from Glimmer and um, uh, Adora. Well, from everybody, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yes. So he's been lying to everybody. So he's been lying about his whole life, basically, mm-hmm. which has its own implications, I guess, for him. And yeah. yeah. And, and then, of course, when they have him finally come clean, it was a really touching scene. And, of course, it's a very obvious metaphor for um, coming out of the closet. Mm-hmm. It was a really... I mean, and it, and it, this was a different kind of closeting. But I think that's also very nice that a series for kids can even get at that kind of emotional issue without belaboring it or beating you over the head with it. Um, to show, like, a family 
admitting things to each other and, you know, coming clean about something that was making them uncomfortable and then seeing that you get love and support no matter what, like seeing that modeled in a relationship with a family is, it, it was really nice. That was a really good episode. Glimmer, you know everything about me, the real me. I act like someone I'm not with my family because the truth would hurt them. And it's making you miserable. Bo, your dads love you. I'm sure they'll love the real you too. I, th I think it was a good contrast to what Catra and and uh, yeah. Shadow Weaver that 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 figure where she was losing everything and you know and and Shadow Weaver betraying her as a mother figure or whatever. Thinking about it more now, it's very it's more powerful than you think it is. I guess. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Following that other uh, coming right off of that uh, plot development that that did sort of resonate in a in a neat way. This is a family hug, princesses. You're both family too. And I think those are our major character so. character arcs. I, is, is there any other like ancillary characters? That you liked? I like Mermissa's attitude's always good. Oh yeah, love her. I can't um, wait to see more with her. Honestly, mm -hmm. I do. She's she hilarious. was she was not like super featured in this season, but love love her every time yeah. she's on the screen. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's, especially the chair scene where she takes um, Perfuma's chair in the in the war council. Perfuma's <laughs> like, "That's my chair," and she's like, "It's good to switch it up every once in a while." <laughs> yeah, no, and then funny. she's like, "You see, like her twitch her eye, and then she like sits down in the other chair." Yeah, it's super good. I also like good imp sightings. Oh, oh he was the best. So the, re good. the recording. Man. Oh my god, he opens his mouth and it's like the record. Oh, it's so creepy. So creepy. I love the rehab they've done with his mm -hmm. character. I mean, again, like imp served a purpose in the in the original series, obviously, and he was one of those sort of like kiddish cartoon kind of figures. But oh, this imp is so upsetting. Like he's he's disturbing yeah. whenever whenever he shows up it's like oh no um and i, I really I, good i feel like they don't add on they, they add like you were saying about hordak before is they don't they don't show him as much and he's so kind when he of shows like, up you know it's gonna be bad yeah, yeah. useless <laughs> yeah he is a small character with a major punch i really really like him he's super creepy now they just need Loki. No, just need Loki. What if they really, brought Loki really back? I just want him to come out somewhere. What if they brought Loki back and it was just like, like a pet or like a stuffed animal? If anyone could do a good job with Loki, it's this. It's this mm -hmm. step. I I There's have faith in There's them. At least by season three, they gotta do it. At least by season three, yeah, they gotta they gotta throw some Loki in there. So, so now we're just kind of like talking about like favorites and now mm -hmm. is the point where I just want to like say, Oh, and what about this thing? And what about this thing? So I just thought we could share, um, if, if you had a favorite episode from the series, just generally which one that was. And if you had like a favorite big moment or small moment or detail, um, and we don't have to take turns neatly and we can just start talking over each other like we do, <laughs> but, um, I'll go First, since it was my since idea, you were talking, anyways, since I'm talking right? over everyone, my I've got an idea. Let's all listen to to Rebecca. Thanks. That's my impression, of Rebecca. Yeah, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear your favorites. So my favorite episode, episode four, roll with it, which is the oh, episode yeah. where they're trying to get the horde out of this important pass. And it's just Adora and her team doing a planning session with the little figurines on the map in her mm -hmm. room. And each 
character contributes a different scenario uh, wherein they are the hero and they're all very stylized and in the char- in the spirit of the character who does them. Yeah. And it's their fantasy of how they're it's a their hero. fantasy of how they would handle the situation and how they would be a hero. And I just thought it was delightful. I loved that episode so much. It was really, really cute. And then that was where Mermista had her best gags, <laughs> which is when she um, like rolls up on a wave <laughs> and announces that she's Sira. <laughs> yeah, which the, I loved. The, the something of the gray whale or something like that. Yeah, by the power of gray whale. Oh, yeah. Like, oh yeah. It was. I, I thought that episode was really really cute. I mean, of course they were and all then, great. But... Well, sorry. Say the bow. The bow part was hilarious because <laughs> it like it was basically the original She-Ra. He brought you know the old catcher bag yeah, and like yeah. all that stuff like all those designs it, it was, was almost and it like made himself look like old the bow, old bow. <laughs> that yeah. was so cool and i that felt like funny. the um the catcher he brought in was almost like a mix between the filmation catcher and like the 1960s batman catwoman because of like the puns they had oh well, yeah it yeah, felt yeah a lot like the adam west batman it was yeah. really funny yeah it looks like i've got you meow evil doer i'd pause to reflect on your upcoming death if i were mew i don't know i'm feline pretty good right now no, stop you gotta stop uh, it really was. was I, just, I loved that one that loved was good it. that was also the one um where score score I keep wanting to say Scorpina. That's not her name. That's like a wrestler, like a Scorpia. Uh, she she had a, several funny things to say. They cut. They did all like a hard cut to the past where she's barking orders and she's just yelling out random stuff. She says stuff like "Flap those banners." That I really enjoyed. Flap those banners. That made me laugh. That a lot. and uh, Kyle, where they blame everything on Kyle. Yeah. Like, all right, it's Kyle's fault. And he's like, really. That was also the one where uh, Bo kept dying in everybody's scenario. Oh, yes, and, yes. and he kept talking about Tiny Bo. Like, yeah. oh, Tiny Bo! Yeah, and she yeah. said something, and, and uh, Adora said something like, okay, but he got through, he, he managed to do it, but he says, he's, through his pain! Going, through his pain! Yeah, he's still smiling through his pain. That was really <laughs> yeah. funny. Where <laughs> they're playing with the characters. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and he, Bo's like, you can be, and he's talking, Mermista comes in, and he's like, I guess you can do it. And he's like, I got a, a, what does he have? Like a seal and something else. And she's like, I'm going to be She-Ra. And and of course, the door's like, you can't be She-Ra. I'm She-Ra. She's like, no, no, I'm going to be She-Ra. And then the final detail about this episode, which I love, is right at the time when I was trying to confirm out loud to Will, I was like, Okay, we don't know the name of the lizard guy on the mm-hmm. Horde team, right? We know we know Lonnie. Like they could smell it. We know Kyle. And then just about one minute later, they revealed that the lizard guy's name was Rohelio. Yeah, was- and they're like, and then, <laughs> isn't it uh, Scorpia? Yeah, she's, she's like, who's like, that? She's like, who's that? It's like the lizard yeah. guy. Oh, and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I just, I love that gag. I love Rogelio. I think that's just so funny. <laughs> I'm just, I'm glad that they told us his name. I just really wanted to know. And now we know. So that was my favorite. So I would say, uh, if I'm going to be pinned to a specific episode, 
I would probably like the last one, the reunions one. That's the one where uh, it was really good. They go to to Bo's dad's house, uh, and the point of that episode was that they were going to decipher some old first ones writing on a um, ancient uh, first ones robot that they had in their museum, and that's where we get a lot uh, uh, of uh, detail that sets up uh, the new season because it reveals that uh, word. Serenia and talks about that constellation that's going to appear in the uh, red wastes or whatever. And this was important to me because the thing I like about this series is um, when it feels like a fantasy novel or a saga. And I feel like that's what makes this show so special because this really moves them forward. And there's um, a lot of stakes and a lot of depth in regular people having to reckon with ancient things that are vast and strange and it adds like a depth and a weight to their relationships it makes everything they're saying funnier it just it just adds a a neat dimension to it and so i just want to feel like i'm watching the inside of like an old weird nintendo rpg or something like when you didn't have strategy guides in the internet and it was just like a little scary what was going to happen next and it just it just gives me that like that special fantasy novel feeling and yeah. this episode did that more than any of them at its best i think it feels like a zelda game or something which i know was an influence on them oh yeah so. yeah or like you have to read signs of the towns in Castlevania yeah. to figure out where to go next. Exactly. And it's just very, very vague, and it's just enough to make your imagination spark. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's not. It's not j- just them uh, rumbling for an episode and everything back to back to normal. It's it's a huge story with lots of questions that you may or may not be able to answer, and regular people having to uh, to deal with it and 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 taking control of their lives and, and their planets. And also I just like things that remind you that there are um, still mysteries to solve and, and big questions to answer, even though we're sort of like forced into like a routine in our lives. I mean, that's sort of like what's happening in Etheria. They don't even like know there are stars or a different way of life. And now they're yeah. opening a, a box to something uh, deep and vast and scary and mysterious. And I love that kind of thing. So reunions. I like that one. <laughs> that was a good one. Scott, yeah. did you have a favorite episode? It was hard when you guys asked me to, th- <laughs> to think about like my my favorite favorite one. I think the the one that um, the one that stood out to me the the best, I guess. Uh, I maybe it's more personal thing or whatever, but uh, to tie the binds, okay. um, the second episode mm-hmm. when Light Hope told her that she had to go out and find this uh, beacon or whatever, so that Light Hope could have more power and whatever else and be connected so that she had to connect with Swiftwind and he was more a lot of very laid back and she was very stressed about she doesn't want to be the 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 she-ra that Mara was yeah and she doesn't want she she wants to be better than that and you know like everything else and he's like I'm just gonna go do some loop-de-loops and it was like I was just you know if you actually take that out of context and, and make it more to towards your life you shouldn't stress about things that much uh-huh. because it's just going to cause you more problems and you're not going to be able to put the rocks together uh-huh. <laughs> and it, it's you yeah. should you should maybe do a loop-de-loop every once in a while and you know so it was just that 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 theme of that part of the thing yeah is it about me i'm fine and no it's not about you is it about Bo, glimmer catra the horde the crushing weight of your new responsibilities as a savior of Ethereum? Yeah, stop i'm fine i promise just let me think. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go do a few loop-de-loops. Woo! 
so any big or little moments that like, oh, I have got to mention these because it was great that we have not yet covered. Cause I feel like I, I, I mean, I just, I, my thing was just, I quoted and put little hearts all over my notebook every time there was a thing that I loved. And if I, I the only thing that, that stood out to me, I mean, it almost wasn't even probably that <laughs> noteworthy to, to anybody except I think they got Hordak so right. I don't know why it was yeah. such a it was such a boring line, but there was this one part. Uh, you wanted to speak with me, Lord Hordak. Yes, Force Captain. I wish to touch base, as you put it. See how my orders are being carried out. It's just a good foil for them. Anyway, they just he's, got him right. He is a good foil for them, which I really and, and he was the opposite way in the original series because he was a comedic foil in mm -hmm. a lot of ways, which again, I love original Hordak, I do, but I love this Hordak as well. Um, the moment for him that was like my favorite um, in this season was um, at the beginning of episode three where they're showing him being frustrated with his scientific progress on his portal project and uh, he just crumples this wrench in his hand and drops it. And it was just very subtle way to show his anger. Mm -hmm. You know, that was also a nod to like the old arm cannon. Uh -huh. you know, yeah, I think that is what it is. Yeah. yeah. No, but it was, it was really, really great. And um, I really do love his character. And then also, if we don't mention it at any other point, we see that Hordak is jacked under his yeah. armor. <laughs> He's cool. I really, wa I really want him to have an arm cannon or something. I bet he'll get it. I bet. Maybe that like, was a or, or like it's like a war thing or something yeah. like that. Like when he's going, like when they, if he has to go in, then he has, he like takes off his arm and puts on a cannon mm -hmm. or something like that. Like it has to be more mechanical. But I bet that was a hint that you know it's it, his other arm's fading, dying or something. Yeah, it could be. Well, you know, I, I know he needs the armor, but just you know, when he when is it his tank top and his little armor chamber, mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, Hordak, looking like a snack over there. <laughs> it's a little bit weird, but no, his character is great. Mm -hmm. It's really good. They make the most of his uh, time, and I'm glad that he got more yeah. story time in this. In I think that uh, uh, one of my favorite moments and hope, hopeful realization is not 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 to say that I want. He-Man or something like that to be part of the series, but something to where like the portals, where he talked about portals and like she was saying, oh, we'll just move troops around. We can move them wherever we want around the planet. And he's like, that's not even like that's not even a, that's 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 simple. You're thinking too simple. You know, we can go to other worlds and stuff like that. So it's just interesting to think about like if he would actually, you know, maybe you know, be able to open a portal to. Somewhere we already know, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, could be. Mm. Um, one more thing. One more detail that I just had to mention that I loved so much, and it was in your favorite episode, Will, uh, was in Reunions. Oh, I think I just got to say, I wouldn't mention this too. Okay, and I just, I have to just say this because it just, it made me laugh. I actually laughed out loud several times during that episode. Um, first of all, the gag that, uh, that Adora and Glimmer saw Bo at his home and he was wearing like normal clothes, like a, sh like a shirt and slacks. And they zeroed um, in on his, on his torso with like fabric on it. And they were <laughs> just like, what is that? That's just wrong. What have they done to you? Oh. We got your arrows. Who are we fighting? And then, of course, at the end of the episode, there's this hilarious moment when Bo is reaching desperately for his um, arrows 
so he can like take down this crazed bot. And uh, it's only by ripping his shirt to where his torso is free that he could actually get to it. Yeah, that, that was, was that was that was an incredible gag. When when they toss up in the air and both the dads are like staring at it too, like. <laughs> <laughs> so I loved that. And then my other thing, which is like, I just, I don't even know if I've laughed this hard at a TV show recently. They had this great gag through this episode where Bo was at first trying to convince his dads that Glimmer and Adora were classmates from this Academy of Historical Studies or whatever. And so he was trying to, you know, he encouraged them to play along. And so Adora pretended to talk like a scholar, yeah, which just I means that, that a lot. she would just talk in a really stilted way and put the accent on weird syllables. Yeah. And, you know, it was like, it was like, Oh, we, we are scholars. We are scholars. Like it was just, it was like that. Yeah. That was hilarious. Okay. And then, so when it all hits the fan and the, the bots are crazy and they have to just reveal who they really are. And she has to turn into She-Ra in front of the dads. She says, for the honor of Grey Skull! <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> With her pretend scholar yeah. accent. And I just died. That yeah, was really funny. That made me, that was like the most clever, ridiculous thing. It just cracked me up. I loved that. So if I don't talk about anything else in this series. Yeah, that was really funny. For the honor of Grey Skull! <laughs> was my favorite thing. Left. Left <laughs> a lot. I like that a lot too. I, I um, want to see more um, regular villages so I can sort of get an idea of the uh, scope of the world. Um, and uh, kind of leaning into that point, I guess I was also thinking about things that are uh, likely to happen next. At the, at the end of the episode, when they were talking about, they read that message that said Serenia, they were talking about the Red Wastes. They made that seem a lot like the Red Wastes are Eternia. They, to, to me, I mean, is that what you guys picked up? I did not, but could be. I think so. And and they were talking about um didn't they mention something about like a like a old hero or something? Um I feel like maybe they will maybe He Man was like a historical figure or something yeah, for them. I will, and I so I, I was thinking about that like when he was talking about like the portals and stuff like that. Maybe it's a time thing too. Oh maybe so where where mm-hmm. where they were oh, there in the future. Where they're in the future, yeah. but like they can still go back and it's like or you know whatever that make a lot of sense. That way they could deal with He Man as much or as little as they want to. Exactly. That's so interesting. Yeah. So like, or or maybe maybe he was on that planet earlier, like you were saying, uh-huh. like in the wastelands. But then you know he's gone now. That would be really interesting. Like he was the first one. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be or cool. like you know part of that, whatever. So I feel like that's what they were hinting at, and that would be super neat if it were true. And like we were saying. I have no doubt they will still make this She-Ra's story. And I'm surprised at myself for being excited that they might find He-Man. <laughs> but um, I'm excited to see how they would handle it, I guess. Yeah. And I think that's what more I'm more excited about is if, because he was such a big part of the old show. What's that, their take on him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they've, they, they've changed. They've basically, like I was saying, they flipped a lot of the masculinity of the both the shows to to what it is now. Yeah, how do you make that story relevant and stay alive now? How do you make that yeah, that, that story sure. make sense in our culture now? Yeah. And and we're at a, a point after, you know, this season, I I trust the creators. Yeah. I do. Like I feel like I want to see their vision for a bunch of different things. And I would love to see their version of He Man. I think it would be good. 
know. I would love if when they go to Eternia, they agree and they'd be like, wow, what a crap hole. <laughs> <laughs> mud pit, mud pit. But it wouldn't make sense in the past because, you know, I mean, they find dinosaurs or something. It'd be great. The constellation Serenia would only appear in summer and only over one place. The Crimson Waste. Then that's where we have to go. What? You can't just go into the Crimson Waste. It's a no man's land, a, a giant lifeless desert. No one's ever made it that far. And who do we want to see? We want to see, uh, what's his name? Mock. <laughs> the one no, yeah. Just Mock hanging out. <laughs> oh, you want to see Mantena? No, no, no. Yeah, no. we want to see Mantena. Oh, I we'll do want to see Mantena, but I want to see, what's his name? Um,. The robot guy that changes faces with the thing. Oh. God. What is his name? You want to see Dialamug. Dialamug. There, there you go. go. Jeez. God, that would be great. Yeah, we've yeah. not seen Dialamug. Dialamug. Dialamug would be good. And I felt like he would fit in pretty good in this. And they could make him very robotic and not. He could be a ho- it's true. He could be a horror show that um, entrapped him. He was a horde, right? He was a horde. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, a lieutenant. He was a, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So we want to see Dialamug. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's definite, and then we 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 already saw um we saw Grizzlord. We saw Grizzlord. They do a flashback. He was like, I uh, wonder what happened to him. Was that Leech or was that? I, don't uh, know. I didn't see Leech. There was a think, there was there was yeah. a green guy next to him, but I don't know if it was Leech. I, I think, think that could have been Leech. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that. Or too. like a uh you know a play on him or whatever, mm-hmm. just yeah. to say like a nod a nod to him. There you go. Yeah, no, I think that was supposed to be Leech. That's that was like how I saw it. Yeah, and that, I don't. Did they ever say how I I forget in the first episode did they say how they got her? Who? Adora. Yeah, they said it in this season. Yeah, I know they said it in this. Well, she, she all she said was was your mission good? Yeah, it was and just he said, after he said it was it worked out or something like that. Yeah, and then I ended up with. We didn't get all the details. So they yeah. so I guess they were also hinting that way that they've been to Eternia before. Maybe well, I don't know. The lore could be different, but the lore could we be could different. be leaning into it. We could be. Yeah, they gave us they they we did see that it was after some sort of raid. We don't know anything else about it though. Yeah, right. and I just, I just want a opinion is, is do you think that Shadow Weaver do you, do you think that she was that jaded that quickly or is this has been build, building up for years because she's went like straight to the horde and is like I will I will be your minion. I guess the demons going inside of her may have escalated her. Yeah. Well I mean is, 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 is that was that your thinking too? Like I don't know. It was I have to feel that maybe she had they didn't do anything to show that she would have been frustrated for longer, but seeing as how she was always trying to just sort of push at the boundaries of, you know, like, can I learn all I can learn? What about this student? You know, like, has this person learned all they could learn? You kind of get the feeling that she's always been a little bit frustrated with boundaries or Mm -hmm. with her, you know, with her limitations maybe. And she does kind of allude to that. So maybe there was a deeper frustration Mm -hmm. there. I I do. I mean, I do look forward to learning more about her character. I do like that a whole lot. All right. Well, I think we've covered uh, this season pretty well. If you haven't watched it, please check it out. It's really good, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Like, yeah. Seriously. And you really want to see Loki in the next and season. And I right? really am looking for Loki constantly. Can't stop looking for Loki. <laughs> and that's our show for today. So you can join us here again June 18th. We will release the first of 
what eight? It's eight weekly. Yeah, well, it would be like a weekly schedule for eight. Yeah, eight weeks. we got eight more He-Man and She-Ra's coming at you starting June eighteenth, and we'll be hitting you with golden discs of knowledge. So there'll be a nice little summer treat. Like a popsicle, like those good ones that you freeze and then you eat like ten at once. It's a ones. double. It's a double popsicle. Those are not good. Those are cursed. <laughs> Why? They break. You get two of them. But they always you get break. two popsicles in one. If it's you the can, best. if you can eat them quickly enough, it's more yeah, than you that's can true. appreciate. <laughs> okay, I, I'll, I'll give you that. Day. I guess it's a screwball. Uh, <laughs> you get the gum at the end. And then um, October the 1st, we're going to hit you with season two of Curdle Holler, our original Halloween series. And if you haven't listened to season one, I don't care if you only like He-Man, go listen to it. It's good. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah I'm, I, I'm very funny in it. <laughs> <laughs> I like I'm, in, I'm in it a little bit, too. And it's good. Scott's in it. I like the theme song. It's fun. I like the theme song. It's good. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a good job with it this this year again, and um, you know we may even like uh, break it off into a separate uh, podcast and every everything too to make it easier to, to digest. But anyway, we'll we'll talk more about that as it gets closer. If you'd like to follow along with our show, you can find our episode guide at www.thewizardsnightshirt.com. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. We want to thank you for listening, and please remember that if you're at work and you're stuck on a problem and you can't solve it, go outside for a minute and just do some loop to